Thanks for joining us for our look at the wineries and history of the Spring Mountain Appalachian. Now we're going to have some real history high atop Spring Mountain as I'm joined by Marvin Atchley of Atchley Vineyards. Marvin, thanks so much for participating in this. Ah, pleasure. We were just talking before we started about the incredible views up here on Spring Mountain and that you can go from winery to winery, vineyard to vineyard up here, and no two views are alike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 quite nice. And he, he has, right here at Paloma, he especially has a... Uh, has a good view. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm kind of enclosed with trees, and so I don't, I don't have that good of a view. In fact, uh, last year, when the fire was burning, it was uh, after the main thing that blew through Santa Rosa, there was fire on this ridge approaching from the south, the one that started in Glen Ellen and then moved up into the, onto this ridge, and it was burning to the north, even though the prevailing winds was, was against it. But if I, I would come up and go over to the neighbor's house here so I could look to the south and see what was going on. Because hmm. I had to, you know, I had all my musical instruments and important papers in my truck for a week until wow. things finally uh, cooled down. Tell us your Spring Mountain story. How did you wind up here? Well, I uh, I grew up on a citrus ranch in Ventura County in Southern California uh, on a farm. And uh, I went to Berkeley to uh, go to school in 1955 in engineering. Um, I wasn't a very good student, so three and a half years later, I went to work at Lawrence Berkeley Lab when they got their first computers, and that's before computing was being taught in schools, and so it was on-the-job training, and so one could, could uh, you know, with a reasonable amount of awareness, do okay, which I did. And then I started making, I had a house in Berkeley, and I was making wine in my garage there, and I wanted to get back to the countryside where I'd grown up, and... Uh, do some wine, and so I bought this place. Uh, it's just 20 acres, but it included the original barn and winer building that were built in the 1880s, along with a cave that was dug by the Chinese. Uh, I didn't get any of the... Uh, it had been broken up by a, a group of architects who bought several hundred acres and intended to develop it, but uh, they ran out of money and had to... Uh, split it up into sort of 20-acre pieces, and I ended up buying this 20 acres. It included the home ranch, the barn, and the winery building, which are both uh, wooden structures and a cave. I didn't get any of the original vineyard. Um, I, I then later uh, cleared about five acres, and uh, at that time, the Stony Hill Winery uh, at the foot of the hill was the example of boutique wineries, you know, they, they uh, sold everything they made to a, a mailing list, you know, they didn't, they didn't even have to advertise or do anything, they were just, so that was, that was this great uh, idea. I knew the winemaker there, and uh, after I had cleared some land and I planted rootstock, then I got uh, some Chardonnay budwood from Stony Hill, and I, I uh, budded my, uh, the rootstock, to their uh, Stony Hill Chardonnay. I, I'm a sort of a compulsive do-it-yourselfer. I do almost everything myself just because I like to do that and uh, having grown up on a farm and, and that milieu. So that was, despite the fact that this ridge gets a lot of rain uh, in the wintertime, you know, this is called orographic lifting. The clouds lift up and dump their rain here at 2,000 feet. And the other side of the valley doesn't get nearly as much rain. But we were averaging 
60 inches of rain a year here. But water, well water, is, is really hit or miss because, you know, the geology of this area is all jumbled up, uh, scraped off of islands, et cetera. You know, it's, it's no, there's no consistent water aquifers. And so I've drilled four wells and, I, and I never got a good one. I got, I got one enough to, uh, to live on. But uh, when I did the vineyard, then I didn't have enough water to water the vineyard from a well, for instance. And so the vineyard was a challenge. Uh, and then it turned out the, root, the uh, cyan wood I got from Stony Hill was pretty badly virused and, mm. and didn't produce well up here. And that's a long, long-time experiment because you're, you're dry farming and things grow slowly. So then about eight years, that was in 1968 was when I bought the place. This is year number 50 now. I, uh, then in 75, uh, I built a dam to collect water in Mill Creek. It turned out that the, the correct place or the place to site the reservoir and dam crossed my property line into what's now seven and eight but it was the right place to build it. And it turned out to be the best reservoir on the hill. It doesn't leak. It's got a tight sandstone bottom. Anyway, so I, again, I bought some old earth-moving equipment from an old contractor in Richmond who'd gone out of business and rebuilt an old bulldozer. You know, I looked like John Wayne in a World War II movie. You know, with, it, it was before hydraulics. It was all cable-operated, you know, a bulldozer and a, and a uh, what's called a carry-all. And I moved... 9,000 yards of dirt over two years to build this dam and uh, collect. So it collects about 5 million acre gallons of water a year, which is why then water the, the vineyard and also my, my vegetable garden. And also then the property that 7 and 8 now owns uses that water to uh, irrigate their vineyards. So my original plan was, of course, to do a small winery like like everybody else. But I got I got overtaken by events of of different types. First was, in order to get a use permit to build a winery, even though I had the winery build, building there, that was usable. Uh, but to get a use permit, I would have had to improve the road from the county road all the way in, which was more than half a mile, and it and you know, pave it, et cetera, which would have cost four or five times what I paid for the property, you know, <laughs> and it was something I couldn't afford. So I, I delayed there. Uh, I have to admit, well, after the, uh, after the Chardonnay experiment didn't work well, which took me like nine years to figure that out, that I wasn't going to, uh, the wine wasn't that interesting and there wasn't much of it. Uh, in the meantime, the Smith boys at Smith Madrone had planted uh, the four, four different varieties, including uh, some white Riesling, and they had a really nice clone from Germany, and they gave me some of those, so I ended up replacing the Chardonnay with Riesling, which makes a nice wine, but uh, you may recall that, you know, like 30 and 40 years ago, sweet wines were not popular uh, by the white wine-drinking public, as it were, even though the Germans know better. But, uh, you know, I mean, they, a lot of people would equate sweet wines to Riffle or something like that, right. you know. So, and I will have to admit here, although I deny it in court, I actually, I was making a couple hundred cases a year of quite a nice Riesling and selling it illegally in Berkeley to friends and acquaintances. I wasn't making much money, but I was having fun. 
I ended up working at Lawrence Berkeley Lab for 35 years, I retired as the manager of the Scientific Computer Center. That wasn't my original plan, but of course, it's, it's a great place to work. When you first bought the vineyard here, were you still working at Lawrence Berkeley? Uh, yes. Yes. I mean, I moved my wife and two young daughters up here, and we were the only only people living out on that road, of which now there's four wineries and, and four or five houses. And uh, yeah, so... My mother-in-law had a was a widow in in Berkeley, and so I could stay in town when I needed to, which I did a fair amount during those days. But I was a weekend farmer and enjoy, enjoying it. Um, so the Riesling, I finally gave that up. You know, it is actually a felony to sell wine <laughs> without a license. You know, there's there's a lot of laws left over from prohibition that are still on the books. So I gave that up at some point. Uh, and then I ripped all the, the Riesling out and uh, planted, started planting Cabernet and a little bit of Merlot. And uh, also, in terms of the wine, why I didn't small, start a small winery? Well, it was, there was the expense of, of uh, the road improvement was what stopped me originally. But as I was making wine and, of course, being friends with all the neighbors, going to a lot of tastings, it became clear to me that my organoleptic perception, my ability to taste various constituents in wine, was not good enough to be a good winemaker. And so I decided to give that up. And I've been selling the grapes. And that actually works okay because uh, when 7 and 8 then bought the property next door and start, and built a winery and, and they wanted to buy my grapes uh, because an adjoining property, you can call it estate, uh, especially if you manage the vineyard. And so... Uh, up to that point, I had done all the work myself. I had cleared, you know, I'd repaired equipment and cleared the land and, and uh, uh, planted it with a little help. But I did all the pruning and all of the orchard work, the spraying, et cetera. Uh, but uh, and it would take me, for instance, it, it would take me a month to prune it uh, because you can't, pr- you know, in, in, after, in January is typically when you prune but you can't prune when it's raining because it spreads a fungus. And so you can only prune when the sun is out. And so it would take me a, a month to prune it. And now that seven and eight is doing the vineyard work, you know, they bring in a crew and they prune it in a day, basically. You know, so and uh, so uh, from one standpoint, you know, I worked my buns off for many years to, to develop it. Uh, but now with seven and eight, doing the vineyard work. Well, of course, they, hi- they have a vineyard company that does right. their work. It's the same guys that take care of my vineyard. So uh, I'm retired from, from the grape growing business, essentially. I mean, of course, I, I'm in close contact and know what's going on. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and, the, and the money from that, uh, uh, since I retired, you know, at the, after 35 years at the University of California, uh, I'm on that retirement system. So the money from the vineyard crop is uh, going to send my grand child through college. Marvin, I've asked this question of others, but it takes on special significance in asking you, how have you seen Spring Mountain change in 50 years? Well, it certainly has. I mean, when I I bought the place in in, uh, 68, there I was out on the end of this road. The miners at Stony Hill, Pete Miner had had planted some vineyard. He was building in the process of building a house. We became good friends. Um, 
but this vineyard was not healed. This this was fir trees. And uh, about in seventy two, uh, Stu Smith uh, Stu Smith bought their property, and it turned out they had a, an easement through my property, which I didn't realize when I bought. In fact, it wasn't on the deed, so I uh, I had to I had to threatened to sue the title company <laughs> to get a small reward for that, but uh, uh, it, it's not a big deal. So yeah, that, then the Sherwins bought the property on on one side and have developed a vineyard and a winery and uh, another property on the north side, uh, Barnett, same. So people who made enough money somewhere else to come in and found this a desirable place bought and and had enough funds to develop it a nice in a nice way. And talk a little bit about the state of your property today. What the experience of that property is like now? Well, it's it's a challenge. I enjoy it because I, as I mentioned, I enjoy working with my hands. And so I've been retired now for twenty three years, and uh, so I've you know added on to my house and and repaired old buildings, repair equipment, and I'm always busy doing something. Uh, so it's. It's a lovely spot. Um, water has, domestic water has been a challenge. But, you know, I get 500 gallons a day and collect it. And, uh, and that's plenty. I, that's it in the, you know, domestic water. I water the, all of the outside stuff is done with water out of the reservoir. So, so that works well. Um, but, you know, it's really nice living up here. I mean, the fall weather we've been having, beautiful. And, you know, in summer there's often... Often uh, a week or two where it gets hotter and blazes, but it's it's not too bad. It, usually it cools down at night. And you don't miss having to take care of the vineyards anymore. I don't miss that now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it is. Uh, like I said, I I keep on top of it. I know. Exactly but it's fun watching others do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, there's there's not much change in it now, but uh, it's it's doing fine, and they're making some really nice nice wine out of it. I, the wine winemaking, the technology of winemaking. It's evolved to a really uh, more high, higher level of expertise than it was 50 years ago when I came here. You know, it was, I'm more of an earthy, small-time farmer, you know. I mean, making wine is, is, a, is a great experience. You know, nowadays, the different equipment for, they're much more careful when they pick and when they sort sort the uh, the crop, you know. They run it, they have a, a dozen people watching the berries come by on a white a white web, and picking off the berries that don't look right now. Whereas when I was, I was making wine, you know, you pick the grapes and you dump them in, you crush them and you ferment it, you know. So uh, uh, I, they're doing some really nice stuff. I have to have to admire that. Well, I thank you so much for sharing some of the stories with us. Oh, it's glad to do it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's uh, you know I didn't achieve my initial goal of, of doing a small winery, but I'm happy. I'm in a situation now that. Uh, is fine, and I've you know got my got everything set up so that I only have one grandchild, and so he's going to inherit the mess at some point. <laughs> He'll figure it all out, Marvin Ashley. Thank you so much.